Okay. Okay. I'll get closer so that it's okay. It's good. I'm Marisol. And I'm Adam. And you are listening to the, the Reading, Reading Aloud, Aloud podcast. podcast. A podcast where the creative, emotional, and hilarious aspects of relationship communication is explored in real time by a real couple. That's us. In season two, we bring you along on our tour to keep the conversation going. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> Howdy, folks. Howdy, folks. Um... So I feel like that to start off the night, yeah, we should sing a song. Which song do you want to sing? You know which one I'm gonna sing. I think I, I think you're gonna sing uh, Eric Clapton, "Wonderful Tonight." No. Okay. What are you gonna sing? I'm really, I'm really trying <laughs> to pick up. What is it? In the shadow, in the shadow, that was great, that was great. In the shadow, in the shallow, shallow, we're far from the shallow now. Look at you. Oh my god, you're blushing so hard. Um, I mean, you know. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, we're going. All right, we're going. We're um, going. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> excellent. <laughs> so what are so tonight is such an exciting night. Well, we're going to talk about the Bachelor yep. again. Um, but you know, but not so, just not just the Bachelor. Not just the Bachelor. Not just the Bachelor. Not just The Bachelor. No. Uh-uh. Um, no, we're going to talk about this phenomenon. You made some amazing points. So we try not to talk about these things, even when we decide the topics. Um, we try to talk about them ahead of time. But mm -hmm. we talked about this for like um, one to two minutes on our walk today. And you made yep. some amazing points that I yep. just cannot wait to share with everybody. I hope I remember them. We're, well, I'll remind you. But we're yep. obsessed. So... I think a little more context. So we, one of the reasons we started this podcast, and we, and we are, we did the, our first podcast on love. We're really fascinated by love and relationships and um, what that's like in discovering it. So naturally, um, we like shows, and both of us like this. I know it might not be super popular with guys, but I love it. Um, we like shows like The Bachelor, and recently there have been a whole string of these shows that are like The Bachelor. So there, let's list them off. So we have The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, obviously, and then of course we have uh, Bachelor in Paradise. So there's kind of that franchise. Um, they've added another one to that franchise, which is um, Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. Listen to your heart, which we're just in the middle of Monday's, I think, the finale. Uh, and then there's been two more. So there was another one on Netflix called uh, Love is Blind. And then there's another one that we just watched where we kind of got the idea for this podcast, 
but it was called Love at First Sight. Marriage at First Sight. Marriage at First Sight. Marriage at First Sight. Um, but let me ask you, there's yeah. also things called like 90 Day Fiance and some other ones. Would yeah, you we watch have, those? Sure. I think, yeah, if we, you know, I think there's there's probably a limit, no but limits. I don't think... But I don't think we've really reached that. Marriage at so, first sight might have been my limit. That was it was it was harder to watch than the others. But um, but I have lots of feelings. I'll just say there's like this whole so it got us this conversation about you know not only why we like these shows and and why we like watching them and what we find fascinating about them and I want to have that conversation with you, but also just some reflections on kind of why these shows are popular right now because they are and and you always know a, a theme or a topic is popular because people start making more of them and making more of them um and people quote unquote can't get enough of it and so we're experiencing that right now with these shows that are essentially arranging relationships and marriages through really different means and ways um so it's it's pretty fascinating and i guess i'm just curious to ask you to kick us off like what, what fascinates you about these shows? Well, I think the possibility, well, for one, so my degree is in, is in social work. So, you know, my love of watching people and my curiosity about people in general, but then you add this element of love. Mm-hmm. So it's not just watching people. It's not like real world or whatever other show is just, or Kardashians where you're just watching their lives, but it's actually like this thing that seems so impossible to have happen, um, actually happening. And yeah. so I, I'm not going to spend too much time on the haters out there because you know, you can say it's all a farce. Yeah, you can say it's all a farce. You can say all of that. And all of that is true. It's edited and dramatized and they coordinate just the perfectly synchronized drama. Um, All that's true. We're aware of all that. At the end of the day, by the time these couples are having their second to third child, my assumption is, is that they actually like each other. I have had people argue that point too, that they're just getting paid to make families. And I think if they want to sell their souls to make a family like with real children and stay together for 20 years with somebody they don't like, then at that point that becomes fascinating to me. So that's not the point. Yeah. It's real to an extent. Not everybody's got real intentions, but the ones that do, they're all married now and they're and more likely to get married in the last like five years of these shows than in years past because. Right. And that's what I was going to make a point. I think when, you know, the bachelor started 20 plus years ago, I think, yeah, there was there was a larger proportion of those people going on the show just to be on TV. And they were like, here's an opportunity to be on reality TV. I'm signing up for this. But now with today's, with the exposure that social media has really given all this, and people can't hide as much as they used to. You know, their lives have been documented previously. And, you know, the 20-something-year-olds that are on these shows – their entire lives are basically on the internet. And so they can be vetted a little more and people there, which is a popular term, not for the right reasons, you know, they're not there for the right reasons. They are called out pretty quickly. And so we've seen in more recent years, and I think this is part of why these shows are gaining in popularity is because the realness of them is becoming more and more real. Like yeah, the realness the, the drop- and the fakeness are like becoming polarized. So the fakers are the fakest of yeah. all the fakes. Right. And then the realers are the realest of all the reals. Right. 
right? And, and it, you know, in some ways they have to even work harder to create drama now because people on there are actually on there to find love. And so I think the producers in these shows are working harder. They're some of the ridiculous situations that they put them in just to create drama. But, you know, that's, that is what it is. So, you know, and we have one yeah. friend who's seriously triggered by the idea that people get to just date whoever they want, almost as if it's like cheating. And I just have to say that cir- what I call circular dating, dating more people that people at one time, a lot of people at one time, is an epic choice, especially if you're not sleeping with them. Because, well, first of all, I have no real opinions on how you do your sex life, but like for me, especially this idea that they wouldn't actually be intimate because I think that it's really, really interesting to have multiple options at one time and get to pick the best of the best. Yeah. Um, anyways, I regret saying that about sleeping with people. Cause again, I don't have opinions on other people's choices. That's just what I like about the show. Yeah. I, I, I want to hear from the folks that are watching right now. Do you watch any of these shows? So just comment. Okay. So, um, yeah. So, what, yeah. What does Zoe say here? So, Zoe says, I, I know, you know, I'm a fan. I just wish these there were more queer love stories in these shows like these. When it When is Demi going to be the Bachelorette? Amen, so sister. Debbie was the very yeah. like very first actual queer person that came on the show. Um, liked you know came on for a man. Ended up going on Bachelor in Paradise. Was preferred women, and it was amazing. And yeah, that we've all been asking that question for a really long time. Yeah. And you know they're behind the times. I mean, I think they yeah they had their uh, first like black bachelorette not that long ago, and. Yeah, it's it's a disaster in that. <laughs> You're not the LA Bob, but you know there's a lot that they can do. I mean, obviously they're all straight sized people. There's so many things, but um, but the you know one of the things that we recognized in married married at first sight and and in love is blind is like you know kind of the the like stereotypical hot factor goes down a little bit and people yeah. start to be a little bit more average um, folks and it's pretty incredible to see just these kind of average folks get together and fall in love and it, but like forever yeah and rita says um my roommates are watching too hot to handle they love it we have not watched that, what is that i've one? seen some previews for that um i think it's where they put all these people in the house and they kind of create relationships but they cannot be intimate with each other and they're all, like, really sexy people, but they cannot, like... I don't even know if they can kiss. They, like, can't... They have to create it through... Don't tell me what to do. So I think we should... I think we should very briefly, for those who don't know, kind of explain the shows that at least we watched. And so they kind of have an idea and then get more into the meat of it. So I think everybody has an idea of what The Bachelor and Bachelorette is. There's one... One person, one either guy or girl... Uh, that is has then 20 to 30 somewhere in their original suitors for them and they go on all these things and you know they eventually pick one at the end and they get engaged to that person um let's see I was love, gonna, it, love is yeah. blind is there's you know maybe 10 or 12 people of the opposite sex each one 10 men 10 women they go into pods they date each other without seeing each other but they can hear each other's voices so they just keep going on these hour-long dates with each other without seeing each other or anything about them knowing what they look like at at all. all and they decide 
the only way they kind of narrow it down, like I'm done dating this person, they're not a fit, and I'm done dating this person, and they narrow it down, and they ultimately pick one person, they have to get engaged. One person has to ask the other person to be engaged before they can meet. So they get engaged, then they meet, then they go on a vacation, and then they go to a wedding chapel after two weeks or so, and they stand at the chapel, and they either say, I do, or I don't. Very few, I think maybe two or three people said, I do, I do. And everybody else, it was like one said, I do, and the other said, I don't. Neither yeah. of them, none of them were in the position where none of them said, I don't, I don't. And then, and, and then, yeah, marriage at first sight is literally where a hundred guys and a hundred girls go to are, Charlotte. <laughs> are put through a process in Charlotte. Um, the, the season that we saw was in Charlotte. Um, and they, they run through a, a collection of, there's like three experts that then pick a couples and those couples literally get married on the first day that they see each other. They have right. never so met they, or seen the person. These experts ma- basically arrange them. their marriage and they yep. pick four couples and the first time they meet them is after they've picked out their dresses, etc. and they're walking down the aisle and they meet at the altar and they get married. Every last one of them gets married at that moment and then they go on a honeymoon and then they have to live together and at the end they get to decide whether they want to stay, stay together married. or get a divorce i think it's six weeks long right and um and that was an even split two couples wanted to stay married two couples so what direction do you want to go what direction do you want to go and do you want to do like our person like and maybe people can say what they want to hear do you want to hear us like review the shows based on our perspective or do you want to hear the greater themes that we're getting out of this well as they as they answer i think first and foremost as we describe these shows just between you and me here they sound ridiculous. They sound crazy. They're the but best. like for you, I, I mean, for me, like what pulls it together? Yeah, I agree that they're the best. The best. But they sound ridiculous, mm-hmm. and they sound like situations. They 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 do sound ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Oh hey, this person, then they get married before they let's, even. That's so then a ridiculous let's go, situation. So then let's, go, let's talk about why it is that it's not ridiculous, and if and I'll share the one yeah. of the points that you made earlier, which was that back in the day, whatever whatever back in the day is, but back in the day, people didn't have that many options. Right. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that anything was better or worse, but there has been this idea that now there are so many options that the kind of commitment level, you know, it, I mean, like if I were in the dating scene, I mean, you and I, you, you did use apps for a short while, but I never used apps. Um, and had I had that many options, I would be keeping my options open constantly. Yeah. And so, you know, this idea that I can date anybody in the world at any point, it's like, well, I might as well wait for the next best thing and the next best thing. Right. So this idea of arranged marriage, which my college roommate or grad school roommate, she ultimately got an arranged marriage and she chose it because she was like, at the end of the day, I'm looking for love. I trust the people around me. And there's like good statistics around being set up by people, by your friends. There's pretty good yep. like success rates and stuff. But you, you're you like chugging a bit. Yeah, no, go for it. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you made this point of like, it just kind of like re-narrows the playing field. And people are intentionally picked. They're not just randos. You know, they're thoughtfully picked. Right, right. Yeah, and I want to, I guess I was chiming a bit because I I do 
yeah, you're, yeah, you should, you reminded me of my thought, and I want to share it without, without mansplaining it back to you, because you understand it, but, like, what you were saying about, previously, there were more insular communities, like, where did people find their mates, right, they found their partners, or their marriage, they found them at their church, or in school, or, um, in, in these places, and there was no, there was no online scene, right, and then, as you said, now it's, anybody you can date anybody and anywhere anywhere and and that i think has a lot of benefits but at the same time it's really overwhelming for people and it's also happening simultaneously when a time when communication skills in my opinion are a little bit bottoming out because of you know we're communicating more on the internet we're communicating more than ever, but our ability to deeply communicate with each other, which is required for the growth of a relationship, those skills are really taking a hit, especially among the dating age population. You know, so, I, I, yeah. get, I just want to say I get a little sweaty when you start making these kind of blanket statements like you know, and then I just remember that who cares? who cares because it's just you and I sharing our opinions with each other exactly. and if that provokes a conversation with people who are listening then that's awesome right and and you know I, I you know this is my experience and again we always say we're not experts on this this is just like a conversation between us but in my experience and this doesn't you know it's a blanket statement but of course there's variance in it I'm not saying every single person doesn't know how to communicate what I'm saying is like generally as the dating age population, um, which, you know, I would be probably included in that age range, but like people in their 20s and 30s who are dating um, have lived the vast majority of our lives, especially people in their 20s now, with the internet. And, you know, with, and I think there's, at least it's commonly understood that you know, it's, it's becoming harder and harder to communicate, even though our communicate, and it's one of the reasons we started this podcast, to spur more in-person conversation. And we know in relationships, through our experience, that the way that we create a, an incredible foundation for our relationship is through deep and meaningful communication. Now, if I'm online dating, and I have hundreds of people who I can date, and I'm deciding on them all very quickly. And, you know, I don't have a ton of deep, meaningful communication skills because I've just communicated for the past 15 years outside of any sort of academic setting in like text or Insta message form. And I haven't actually sat down and had deep conversation with people. Like when that rubber starts to hit the road in the relationship and you need to start having some of these deep conversations, that is a point in which you're like, oh boy, I better go find somebody else. It's when it starts to get, and now that's available. I can go find somebody else because they're just a swipe away. Um, not saying that it's easy for people, and maybe I'm making too many assumptions there, but it's it's easier to search for other people. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of assumptions and all that, and 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 you know, it's happening. You know, so it's both it's both and. And so there's a couple of comments coming in that I want to uh, get to, but I think so. You know, if we think about these shows, there's not like. I, you know, they're also having kind of speed dating kind of experiences right. as well. Right. Um, 
that's why some of the relationships don't end up lasting in the end because they're made up of these fantasy worlds where food is paid for, housing is paid for, yeah, your clothes are done for you, you're on television, et cetera, et cetera. And then, on you all the time. Yeah, and it's yeah. a short period of time. But something's happening in this bubble where they're just kind of confined to themselves. So it's like when they're not with each other, they're also not out in the world doing day-to-day -day stuff. There's a lot of time for reflection. They've always like they're always talking about the journals that they're writing in and the things and then you know they're saying it's unlike anything else but i'm super interested in the fact that they like in how they find love and that it is this moment where they're just like coming together and i'm and i just sometimes believe that like they like they, there's a million ways that people can meet each other and i believe this is one of a very of one of a million valid ways to meet somebody i'm like you know the universe brought them together on this show and they fell in love and yes yeah and it's just I like it. and it's just like people in you know it's just like what we were talking about historically where folks found their partner or their spouse you know in these small insular communities um that now we're just we're through these television shows are creating those insular communities again and letting people hash it out. Now it's on a really fast timeline. Okay. So, yeah, what's okay. up? Okay. So one comment, so Zoe says, the levels of communication are so unlike what folks would go through in real life. Can you imagine watching yourself on video and then having to process it on camera? It seems like the people come out of it knowing a lot about themselves. So we're watching Listen to Your Heart. And Zoe Meyer, are you watching Listen to Your Heart? I meant to tell you that you have to watch it before tonight. So somehow manage that. But, you know, that... Um, you know, they end up, and I think we just kind of spoke to that as like the self-reflection that ends up happening when they're in these insular spaces. Right, right, right. Did yeah, I mean, I mean, they are they are put through. If anybody's gone to like the way that I relate to it is, has anybody gone to like a summer camp or you know the yes. way? The, the, I love this example. The, the way that the way that you bond really tightly with people is by like you know pooping in the woods together. I mean, it's like being through an experience, a collective experience that only you really know. Um, and you grow really tight, really fast with those people. I bet everybody out there has a certain Ooh, outdoor so adventure. Up, so you're bringing up oh like man. the like the club aspect. You're bringing of. up like shared experiences. Exactly. So you're bringing up a key piece. So when our friend was arguing with us about how like horrifying the show was, there was something that I couldn't say until you just said it just now but it's like what do you do how do you like shared experiences shared trauma experiences yes. shared joyous experiences shared intense experiences all of those things shared experiences are um are super bonding like to to have somebody Incredible. understand a particular life experience is like it's like being seen and be right. and to be seen by somebody gives them an in a window into a part of your life that you can't otherwise describe right. it's indescribable because it's either an awakening like a spiritual experience or a devastating one that you can't really put words to nor would you understand had you not been through it and i think that that is what people are experiencing on the show also. yeah very much so very much so. What's the other comment? So Rita says, what do y'all think about dating in the time of Corona, AKA the virtual dating world that has grown so much because of quarantine? Um, I'm glad I don't have to do it. 
No, but it's but it's been interesting because I, we have all these friends who met either yes, right before or right in the beginning. I've heard lots of love stories. Personally, I'm I'm you know, it would be hard for me. I think why? I think it would be hard for me because well, maybe it would be different if I was you know dating. still dating. But so, like sounds so fun to me. It would be it would be harder for me because I feel like I'm so much more like have to you know, hang out and be in person. Like I'm, I'm not as good on phone and text and oh, I internet think, like I think following up with stuff. No, I so, think there's two ways to date in quarantine. Yeah. I think there's three ways to date in quarantine. One way you're, you find somebody and you're like, well, we're all stuck here anyways. So let's get together and hang out and just be each other's quarantine like buddy. Right. Uh And so then, and you're at home all the time and there's just this, like, again, the insularness of it. So you actually meet the person and then you decide to go exclusive. And then all of a sudden your, your love goes in a good way because you're like, we're getting 24 hours a day together. We can't see many other people. Yes. We've chosen to see you, you and each other. And that, that was another connection that we made is like married at first sight is a lot like quarantine because you leave your life and you go into the cave together. Right. But I also, so then the second way to date virtually um, is to date a lot of different people. And then there's this element of thrill around the sneakiness of seeing them. So you're kind of getting this connection online and you're like, I'm going to go actually meet this person. And it's daring because Hmm. there's a risk involved and I could get COVID and, you know, like I, you know, all this like (laughs) stuff. And I know, but no, but this is like, I I know people, I know somebody in particular who's like doing this very thing. And they're just like, it's sneaky and fun and kind of secretive. And they're like, you know, they're going on these dates despite the fact that that's your, and that's so, that's a fun part of being in a new relationship is like, breaking the rules or be the yeah. secret of it. And then right. I'm going to say the uh-huh. third way of dating virtually is to not meet each other, which I know somebody else who's doing that. They, they are only dating over the phone. And what they've said is how good it's been for their tendency to jump in quickly. Mm. So now they're having the, they're, they're basically being forced to get to know this person solely from a distance, which really takes out anything physical and well, I mean, you can, you know, you can do whatever you want virtually these days, but like, you know, it really does cut off that like actual touch to skin to skin, physical intimacy piece, which for a lot of people is, a, a re- it like really gets in the way of deciding whether or not you really like someone. Yeah. And she was able to pick somebody else because she hadn't gotten too far with somebody. And she was like, you know what? I didn't like what I saw. Got it. But it changes. So, so that's kind of like love is blind. So um, what, you're, what I'm hearing is like, it's like these shows are turned into real world experiences. You're either like, you're kind of tossed into, and you know, Rita, you asked the question. It's like, I guess my thoughts on it are, it's the intensity is ratcheted up a little bit. Um, because you're outside of normal and that could either be really good or really bad. Um, 
really good or really bad. That's kind of like, I think, my overall thought on it. And, and that people... In the situations that you just described. Well, and the whole reason we're doing Love in the Time of Corona is because it's such a unique situation. To be and in, it, yeah, yeah, to be in Yeah, and it's like, are people's relationships exploding or are they getting stronger? And, you know, for you and I, and I have the question for you, like, do you think it's exploding or it's getting closer for you and I? For me personally... Um, and I've talked about this already on the, on the lives is that Mm -hmm. I've loved like our constant time together. Quality time is such a love of mine. Um, and so although it has occurred to me, although I'm really social and extroverted, it has occurred to me that I really need more alone time. And I didn't know that. And I didn't know how to get it for many of the weeks. Aside from that, I really love that it's just kind of you and I. It feels like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited to have you in this process. Yeah. I, I think it's... I think You're it's, like, it's blowing up as we speak. No, 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 no. I think it's um, it has provided us opportunity to accelerate growth in our relationship. Um, I think our love is deepened through that. Like, I, I think that... You know, it has provided some stressors for us and kind of like just navigating. But once we navigated that, and I think once we really got used to kind of being in each other's presence 24-7, so essentially through the first couple of weeks of quarantine, at least that was the case for me. I think I needed to adjust a little bit. Um, it has provided us opportunity to explore new ways of growth together and just give us more opportunity for that and that quality time which you mentioned i think is so absolutely just fantastic and 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 critical and so it's it's been a it's for our relationship it's been a real blessed time i would say that most of the people i know who are doing this new like are in a new relationship in quarantine are having a really good time. There's yeah. only one relationship that blew up, and that's because one of the two people was dishonest and a total crazy person. And so that's the only one that's blown up. Other than that, it's been fun for folks. Yeah, yeah. And it's and you know it's collective experience. I come back to that. It's like complete. I think people need experience. each other right now. Yeah. Bad. And so it's like, let's just hang on to each other because thank goodness that we've got each other. <laughs> and that goes for like friend pods, that goes for relationships. I mean, it's like anybody who's got anybody. Okay, so a couple of other comments. Yeah. The shows also really allow people to meet folks outside of their own bubbles. So yeah, so they're matched up in, in a sense, but I think I think the interesting thing about Love is Blind in particular is that they didn't match the individuals. They put people together. In my sense is they probably tried to do some matching, like, oh, maybe this person, this person, this person, this person. Right, they, they picked people who, you know, would could go probably together. fit together. Yeah, yeah. but they di- I don't think that, I would love to know the background of this. I don't think that they picked who ended up together. I don't think that they anticipated that. Uh-huh. So that's pretty interesting and um yeah, so then people were able to meet each other outside of their bubbles. I guess, you know, that's that's really what it's what it is and it's okay, so in any sort of learning setting, I think you and I are fascinated with learning about relationships and love, right? Why? And we why? 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 Because well, I think number one, I think we're very blessed, incredibly blessed to have found each other. 
And so therefore that opens up a pathway for us to explore that because we currently um, have a really healthy relationship that we're and in. And we want to know how that happened or how to get other people there or I think, how to what? I think we want to know how that happened. Well, I don't know about how it happened. I think I think that it just opens up a door for us to explore that. And Because we want to... And we're both, you know, we're both like... We're, reverse we're, engineer it? I don't think there's a goal. I think you're trying to push me here to like have a goal with it. I think it's just kind of our personalities are, you know, we like to look at, um, you know, it's, it's again, we found each other and that has opened up a door for us to explore this. And both of us naturally like the concept of love and finding love and spreading love in the world and, you know, working together to be able to do that. And so it's just been a constant topic of conversation Got it. in our relationship um i totally lost what i was talking yeah, about yeah you were saying the shows were intri- were curious about the shows mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yep don't just pick it up because i bob I says he wants to know bob says i want to hear how others are dating virtually because he is dating virtually so why don't you tell us how you're dating virtually and then um yeah, are other people dating virtually? How are your relation? I mean, I want to know how people's relationships are going. Oh, I remembered. I remember what I was gonna say. Good. As people answer, um, what I was gonna say is like you know these shows in particular. So we're really interested in learning about relationships and love. It's just a topic that intrigues us, and we almost I think look at it a little bit academically in that we study it through the lens of ourselves, but we study it by having conversation about it. Um, and we study it by talking about it with people. In fact, like I've always loved talking about relationships with my friends, um, which potentially could be somewhat odd for a guy, but you know, for me, it's been always, I love talking with, you know, guy friends and girlfriends about relationships. Um, and I think that, hold on one sec. And I think that these shows, I think that these shows, really are they're like case studies like any sort of academic pursuit you know you do case studies and you study examples and things and so this for us is a way to just learn more about ourselves and our relationships through watching these case studies sorry i cut you off what were you gonna say what do you think you offer man feet are hot what do you think well i'm hot what do you think you offer people like, are, like, you know, it's a two way street. So you're, you're fascinated with like hearing about your girlfriend's relationships or yeah. your dudes or whatever. And then, but mainly like, I'd say you've been like a listening ear for a lot of your girlfriends, but then what do you think you offer them? The listening ear? Do you think you're a perspective for them? Because it is like, I know in talking to my guy friends about relationships, that's a pretty, that's like a, that's like an insight. I get inside insider information. What do I offer people in talking about relationships? I mean, I think first and foremost is just an ear. I think that, um, I have been able in certain scenarios to provide an honest male perspective on something. Um, and yeah, just, just, you know, um, I think it's just supporting people in, in their own personal growth. I think, you know, we, we often talk about, about relationships and especially while dating and finding somebody and all that as like, 
you know, where are we at as a couple, but it's also a deeply personal journey to be dating people, right? It's deeply personal to be dating people and to, to, you learn so much about yourself, which was mentioned earlier, like these contestants on these shows, even though most of them, the majority aren't coming out in relationships, ooh, that tickles, um, aren't coming out in relationships, you know, they're, they're, they're coming out and almost all of them are saying like, oh, yeah. I have grown so much. I have learned so much. And so I think like, you know, me as a, as a two on the Enneagram, as a helper, um, as somebody who just loves supporting other people, I think that that's why, because the, the goal of talking with somebody about their relationship is not to support or bash their partner. It's to support that individual, your friend's growth. That's the goal of it. I mean, can we bottle you up? What would it look like if we... What color bottle would it be? How how small are you slicing me? Um, we're taking es- fragments of your essence and putting it in a bottle and mixing it. Usually you mix those kinds of things with like some like absinthe. Uh, like Adam bitters? More like Adam <laughs> essential oils. With a little jojoba. What do you talk, what do you feel like you offer when you talk to friends about relationships? That's interesting. Um, well, to be clear, as a therapist, a lot of people have come to me over the years, but, um, you know, I think, I think if I have the thing that keeps coming to my mind and I'm sure I've supported their growth, you know, it's always like, ah, it's so different as women. It's like wanting to ensure that if it's a woman friend, that they're as empowered as they Mm -hmm. possibly can Mm -hmm. be, or they feel as kind of emboldened to be and do the right thing for themselves. Um, but I would say that a fair amount has been like assessing the intention of the partner, like really helping them and not, not me personally. See what their blind spots are? Uh, no, because I don't go in and say like, oh, you're missing this or, oh, you should watch out for that. Because, you know, the worst thing in the world is to, to point out a negative attribute of somebody that somebody's dating, even if they're angry with that person, and then to turn around and then they go back to that person and then they feel shameful because they're friends. You know, I don't ever want anybody to feel bad. Um, but, you know, to help them see like what it is that they need to see, like is there's so many conversations of like, is this other person enough for you? Mm. And that's just because I have such, I mean, I just see the beauty in people and I see my friends as the most amazing humans in the world. And I'm like, you should have the best other human in the world. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's li- just listening, just yeah. being a listening ear, Yeah. you know, and supporting. I mean, there's a lot of pain in relationships, especially mm. when they're, when they're disrupted. And so, you know, it's like offering a listening ear um, while people share their pain. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, we should, I, I, I don't want to go on too, too long We should here. just go a little bit longer because it's a good one. We should. Nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care. Um, so what is, what is Bob, so Bob say? says we, so Bob was asking about how are people dating virtually? Uh-huh. Um, cause he is, and he says, we pretend we're in the army. He's on the other side of the world. Borders are closed. We won't get out of the quote-unquote army until the borders open. Many people are in this situation. What tips do these people have to share? So what Bob's talking about, and I don't know if anybody who's listening is in this situation in particular, but so I think your sweetie lives in Vietnam. Tell me if I'm right. Um, but so Bob's love lives well, if he's definitely... pretending that they're in the army. 
like it's just they're pretending that they're overseas and they can't see each other. No, Bob's Bob's uh, sweetie really lives overseas. Okay, got it. And um, they're pretending they're in the army, meaning like how to like in. It sounds like internally cope right, with the right. fact that they can't see each other right, right, because right. typically. You know, there as I understand it, they go back and forth and spend, or at least Bob goes and spends time with um, his love. So it's like, okay. how then, when you can't do that, do you maintain the love and affection? And I think that I don't know that anybody is in Cambodia. Sorry, um, I don't know that anybody is in uh, that situation who's listening. But uh, definitely write in the feed if you watch this later on and you have this situation or have been in something like it. Um, please write in your tips for Bob and tag him in it. Um, so yeah, you can't you can't see this person. So you're saying how long am I able to maintain this relationship from when I don't know if I'm going to see this person or when, and you know, it's a day at a time for sure. It's like, how do, how do any of us deal with something when we don't know what the outcome is? Or, you know, it makes me think about longing and desire and actually a lot about grief. Mm. Like when we have a desire for something or a promise for an outcome and then it doesn't come to fruition and we have to grieve something that feels like, cause it's not the ending of a relationship, but it's a real change to how the relationship goes. So we're sitting there going, wow, I really have to grieve that this isn't going the way that I would want or the longing that I'm left with at the end of the day. Mm. Um, I think that, Hey Sarah Bradley, I think like, for me, I, I don't know, something came to mind there as like, you know, when, you, when you're distance with somebody um, and distance with the love that you can't see, um, and hopefully that will end soon for your case, you know, there comes, like what comes up for me is the art of storytelling, because how do you connect verbally um, when you can't be with that person? And it's almost like, you know, I'm sure some of you have listened to a good storyteller before, somebody who's just really a good storyteller. And when you hear a good storyteller, whether that's on a podcast or whether that's, you, you know, watching them or even listening to them around the campfire, you feel like you're there with that person. And so that's just like what comes up for me. Like if you're just talking on the Internet or the phone what are the ways in which you can become a better storyteller? Each of you. Because by becoming a better storyteller, you're helping that person exist in your world with you through their own experience, you know? And then you might start experiencing your daily walks in the park or your daily interactions in your apartment or wherever you're going, grocery store, like that person is there because you're imagining yourself telling this story to them. So, um, you know, it comes up like the little things that happen in your day, think about how you would tell them in some sort of fantastical story and then maybe try to share that uh, with the other person. Get out of here. Just get out of here. <laughs> First of all, are you going to mic drop yet? No. Just that's... pull out the microphone and drop it. Just drop it. Just drop it. Don't drop that. <laughs> That's enough. We, we're done. <laughs> That's a beautiful answer. 
Because and then it makes me, it just like, it's like, you know, because then I even like that the, on the other side of it, as it's happening, you get to kind of be in it and like, ooh, how am I going to tell this story? And it is true. Right, by getting the details and how did the wind feel and, you know, what was the day like and, you know, what did the door sound like when you opened it it's to like the grocery store? Yeah, it's like a guided meditation. Yeah, it's like a guided meditation. Exactly. And that could maybe help create some like real and meaningful connection um for you as you're doing that but you know one thing um completely changing topics can we can we tell the audience our dream jobs that have to deal with the bachelor oh i thought you meant my real dream job which is to be a trash lady (laughs) (laughs) wait what's your aside from the one that this what's your real no 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 not this one what's your real dream job mine's trash lady I like the idea of seeing people every day, seeing people like I had a huge, sweet relationship with the trash man in my neighborhood growing up. I would run out and say hi every time he came. I was just like to go camping. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, if you're watching the reading aloud lives, you'll you'll know. Uh, And I like the idea of like picking up bags, and you know, now we just everything's mechanical, but like pick up the bag and ride on the back and yeah. Um, my, lots of shared my photos. dream job. Lots of shared photos of daily routine. That's, that's great. Visual that's storytelling. Great. Visual. And going back to creating a shared experience. Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're a good photographer, it helps. Um, okay, what's your dream job? My dream job. Oh. Um. I don't know what my. I've never. I don't know if that. Great question. What? Do y'all do that kind of storytelling even if you're not living remotely? Ooh, I, I wish. Maybe. I wish we did. What? I do it. You do it. I tell you every detail of everything that happens every single day when we get back together. I clearly don't appreciate it. Uh, thank you for... Well, I need to work on my storytelling. No, I appreciate it. You, you do do a much better job of storytelling. You know, and I need to, I need to kind of sit back and, and appreciate it more. Yeah. Um... Clearly, Aaron, that we are we are disconnected on that front. Um, but it's a great idea. We should totally do it and talk about it. I have no idea what my dream job Seriously? is. Seriously? I mean, um, you know, I have a lot of jobs that you I... You want to be a Little League baseball coach. Little League baseball coach, yep. Okay. Full time. So yeah. our job together, it, as we wrap up... Yeah, so... We have a dream since we're out here giving relationship advice. If anybody ABC. Wants, ABC. Chris ABC. Harrison. Chris Harrison, are you listening? Chris Harrison. <laughs> so, Bachelor in Paradise, for those of you who don't know, they put a bunch of eligible bachelors on a beach. They put the washed like, ups. They, yeah, for like two Locked months. Over. The leftovers on the beach for two months, and uh, they basically just hang out and drink and date each other, and it's fascinating to watch. And I will say, I never wanted to watch it because I thought it was a, a scam, a sham, a sham, because I only believed in, like, the real, like, formal, like, d- do it right, Bachelor Bachelorette, but then I watched it once, and it was excellent. Yeah. Um, and they have never had, I think they probably have an on-site, they probably have some type of therapist yeah. there. Um, but Marisol, who is a licensed therapist, um, needs to be the official 
bachelor in paradise therapist and i need to take well's job and be the bartender slash relationship but we need to but we don't want to be like behind the scenes we want to be like behind the bar on the show and we want to be their official therapist and they come to us and they talk things through and they get like real deal advice they get real deal advice and not this phony drama and i make them really amazing drinks if anybody has a connection to chris harrison or abc We'll take the corona test, and then they'll all take the corona test, and then be in quarantine, and then we'll all just go this summer. That's right. What else is there to do? Kate. All right. Well, um, I think that's it. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah. We always say bye, and then, uh uh-huh, that always happens. So, you, oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We already have one person writing a letter to Chris. Thank you. All right, y'all. Well, thanks for joining in, and, um... You know, we hope if you don't give these love shows a try, um, that's totally okay. We're still going to watch them. And, but we do hope that you continue the conversation about love. We continue to hope you grow in your relationships and friendships and family relationships and all that by having deep, meaningful conversations. And thank you all so much for the support that you've given us by showing up on these lives, by telling your friends about the podcast, and just by offering like financial resources to watch to keep this going. It has been so, so lovely to have your support. Thank you all. Thank Thank you you so much. We really, we do this for this community, and we love you a lot. Yeah. All right. Blessings. Bye. Thanks, y'all, for listening and participating. We always have a great time with you. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go online and rate, review, share this with your friends. This is the way that we build this community. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye.